Hey fans of Intentional Talk, this is Taylor. If you enjoy stories of inspiration, I want to invite you to check out my podcast called The Focus. There I talk with business leaders, entertainers, and visionaries about that one focal point that's led them to the next level. Check out The Focus with Taylor Cole Longacre anywhere you get your podcasts and watch the full TV show on Amazon Prime Video. Hello, I'm Lisa Kay. And I'm Taylor Cole Longacre. And this is Intentional Talk, a show that cares and brings positives to the air. Okay, I'm so excited because with us today is one of my favorite people, <laughs> Sherry James, program management professional. She's the developer and coach of other servant leaders. And servant leader is one of the best ways to describe Sherry. Yep. In 2019, she created a nonprofit organization, 2020 Lives Changed, Inc., to allow the world to benefit from speaking engagements through Phoenix Speaks. She has a very personal story mm -hmm. about how mental health has impacted her family, but she also is giving hope through the way that she shares inspiration and her encouragement with the world. Welcome our friend, Sherry James. Yes, welcome, P Sherry. PMP. Yeah. A pleasure to have you. Thank you so yeah. much. You. I'm so excited to be here. These women are amazing. So I am literally surrounded by this uh -huh. angelic presence. So it's a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. Thanks for having me. Oh, yes. yes. Our pleasure. You. Thank yeah. you for being here. Yeah. Well, let's delve right into okay. 2020 lives changed and you have an updated vision to that yes. organization i know you and i spoke about this yes. what was it back was like in february of last year february of 2020 2020 okay yeah. february 2020 you and i spoke and you said i've got hashtag 2020 lives change. Yeah. You came to be on my show, Speak Up, mm -hmm. and we were talking about how this movement was going to change so many more people than 2020. Oh, my gosh. Yes, it was it was an amazing opportunity. And so thank you again for that uh, chance to be, you know, on stage and to speak up and talk about the importance of mental health and mental wellness. Um, and I remember after the show, it was so I was proud. I was like, yes, we're going to touch 2020 lives in 2020. Mm -hmm. And Taylor's face, she's like, um, you know, this is going to be live on Amazon Prime, right? Like you're going to touch way more than 2020 lives. And I, I had to kind yeah. of reconsider that. I'm like, yeah, wow, that's I maybe I had a dream that was too small. Right. Um, yeah. And so who knew that the year would end up being what it was? Oh, I mean, my. it ended up touching every life. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of my the good news. Right. The good news is that I had a goal to touch 2020 lives. We did that by February 15th, I think, um, just wow. based on the engagements from Facebook and LinkedIn wow, and Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, and God had something so much bigger for me than what I even imagined yes. because uh, the updated vision statement is that all lives changed in 2020. Yes. Right? yes. So the message is, you know, again, I had a small dream and God's like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> that's uh, but you've got a much bigger uh, audience who needs to hear this message. So oh. I thank you both for, you know, yeah. both speak up and the opportunity to speak at Fellowship Power Lunch. That oh, was yeah. so yeah. Yeah. Um, it Wonderful. was a very refreshing opportunity to just share my testimony. Yes. Um, and so, again, I'm surrounded by some, some amazing <laughs> women of God, and I'm, I'm grateful to be here today. So, oh, thank you. Well, we're grateful to you, most definitely. So, Sherry, how has the vision and the mission changed the 
post-pandemic? Yeah. So, you know, initially, because my, you know, for those that don't know, my um, my father was an Air Force veteran who committed suicide when I was very young. I was seven years old and my mom found him. She never recovered. Right. And so um, and honestly, nor did I um, in hindsight. Um, So. You know, I imagined that my work would be very specific to veterans, veterans' families, people who are in the military currently serving or have served before. Kind of that was what where my passion was initially, right? And so um, I have an amazing team that's been there to support me since day one so that we can do this work. The pandemic did offer a bit of a, a shift for us because having a smaller demographic makes sense when you're doing a startup nonprofit. You don't want to yeah, try to yeah. eat the whole elephant, right? Yeah. You want to just one bite at a time. So the the, the paradigm shift we had to go to is instead of slowly ramping up from a small group to larger groups and larger areas, we had to kind of say, what do we do to make sure that this message is heard globally yes. yeah. right now? Yeah. Right? And so um, it was it was very interesting how everyone was ready. You know, the team was like, we got it. We can just do an Instagram live show every week. Right. And you don't have to be, you know, uh, a part of an organization. You can just listen and we'll give feedback. We gave different modalities of mental health and wellness. Right. Um, I got to interview people who had different therapy you know, styles. Um, and so it was very interesting. We went from just like, okay, we're only going to talk to people who've been impacted around, you know, military um, service and veterans. And then we had to step back and go, you know what, this message is for everyone. It's bigger. Yeah. And whoever can benefit from it. Um, It's got to be bigger now. Oh, my gosh. With COVID and, you know, people, families being locked up and, you know, some more worried or scared than others that you're probably seeing an increase of it. Yeah, and we talked about that a little bit before the show. The numbers, um, you know, when we talk about faith, right? So I wanted to change 2020 lives and make Mm -hmm. sure that we started to lower the number of suicides. Um, But with COVID, the numbers increased. Um, They did, sadly. The numbers of suicides increased during COVID. Yeah. Um, Um, And are there factors? Are there things that we can point to that might? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's interesting that I think a lot of people imagine that it is the isolation, right? So it's Mm -hmm. the first thing you think about like oh you're you know we don't get to hug on each other like we used to i'm a big hugger you know you yeah. remember that <laughs> I, I am too i miss the hugs um, hugs. um but there's even more to that, just the dynamic of the household changing. So if you think about uh, families, just a, a you know family with children, um, maybe the, the husband went out and traveled all the time. So yeah. he was typically gone. The mother had a routine and a rhythm, get the children dressed, get them out to school, whatever, or vice versa mm-hmm. from a role you know, perspective. But now you put everyone in a home together and you've got couples and families who've never really spent all day together, yeah. right? Um, the added responsibility as a parent to now teach Teach, right, um, yeah. which we've yeah. we we are not all capable and we're not all skilled as teachers, right? Yeah, we, right. You know that's a, there's a reason people choose that profession. Um, they are also angels, obviously, um, yeah. but you know that adds a lot of stress. Just having to have everyone around you all the time, um, and the lack of isolation. People think that one of the reasons for the mental illness spikes is that we are not able to see our friends and see our families, which is true. But I think one my perspective and my research is showing that a lot of it is because we're not used to having everyone 
in the house all day at the same time, right? Yes. And dealing with the stressors of, do I do I understand seventh grade math? I don't, just yeah. so we're clear, because yeah. my son is bringing me, you know, work, like, can you help me with this? And I feel like an idiot, right? I'm like, why are you drawing boxes and <laughs> charts? Just put the numbers one on top of each other, draw a line. Yeah. And he's like, that's not how that's it not works. That's how we do math anymore. Right, it's not how we do math. Yeah. And so <laughs> if you imagine the mental impact that that would have on someone who's, you know, a corporate professional, and we're managing multi-billion dollar budgets, yeah. but I don't understand yeah. seventh grade I math. I understand it. Yeah. Right? So it's, it's, a, it's a lot more. It's a lot more complicated than just the isolation. It's the change of dynamics in the household. There's the fear of losing your job. Um, Even if you still are working, there is that concern, right? Mm -hmm. Because businesses are changing. Yeah. Um, And so there's that added worry and stress of like, will I still be able to provide for my family? Um, Or if you've lost your your job, right? And now how will I support my family? What do we need to do without? but I will say that there's a bright side. Yes. Um, that what people are also finding is um, the opportunity to renew themselves, right? So if I was, you know, I don't know, uh, a donut maker beforehand, and that's all I've ever done, right? Yeah. Let's say that was my my role. This pandemic has given people the opportunity to have conversations about what inspires them. Like, yes. maybe I don't want to be a donut maker anymore. And, you know, the donut shop is closed. Mm-hmm. So now I have the opportunity to reimagine myself and reinvent myself. Yeah. And so there are good things as well. I just, I'm hoping that we can use our platforms to remind people of the good things that are happening, right? Yes. Um, this can be a renaissance period for people people who are creatives and artists, um, creators of content, as opposed to just constantly consuming. Yes. Um, so there's good things in it as well. There right? are. Turning yeah. off the TV. Oh, my and gosh. Create. Yeah. Yeah. I love what you said about Renaissance, because yeah. mm-hmm. this has been that opportunity for all of us. Absolutely. Frankly, intentional talk. You birthed. stole my next oh. thing to say. <laughs> you can have it back. <laughs> yeah. Go for it, girl. Go for it. <laughs> but really, intentional talk burst yeah. out of yeah. this time in the pandemic where we were thinking of what to do. Of course, you had this vision a long time ago Mm -hmm. and I was like, ah, what? (laughs) (laughs) But we did. We launched in July of 2020. Yes. July of 2020. Wanting to put positives on the air because there were so many negative, Mm. negative stations. Yeah. That we created intentional talks. And I love the title, too, because we have to be intentional about choosing the positive input. Right. So it's so easy to get caught up in just scrolling through our phones and 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 looking at all of the things that are happening around the world. Mm -hmm. And no matter how your algorithm and your app is set up, you are going to be inundated with negative information constantly. So we've got to be intentional. You have to choose to go, you know what, I'm going to check, you know, mail or do this in the first thing in the morning and last thing at night but not throughout the day like I will you know make sure that my focus is intentional and positive and purposeful purposeful Mm -hmm. yes that's perfect (laughs) word yeah Yeah. that's perfect word absolutely yes so oh go ahead I'm sorry no no, you've got a great question keep it going because I already stole the other one from you right (laughs) we've got to share yes we do so what is the motivation from Phoenix Speaks Incorporated 2020 and Lives Changed Incorporated does every day. Um, so, you know, last year was, um, and this is kind of a, a personal moment, right, about kind of why I do what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I was diagnosed in January of last year with PTSD. Okay. Um, and 
so, you know, beforehand, my motivation obviously was help other people and have conversations about mental health, uh, which means there's a level of healing out loud that's necessary, right? I can't talk about how important mental health is to other people if I'm not sharing kind of my own personal dealing with struggle, right? That's a lot of vulnerability. And were you ready, Mm -hmm. even though this is what you do, were you actually ready, Sherry, to say, okay, I've got this diagnosis. And so I'm just going to step out and speak up about it. No. Yeah. So no. I was not ready. Um, I wasn't ready for that. But I will tell you that I I am so grateful to be surrounded by the kinds of people that will remind me of the things that I've told the people that I've coached my whole life. Right. They mm-hmm. remind me, like, remember what you said to me about, you know, there's nothing wrong with not being OK as long as you're on your way to being OK. Right. Yeah. So wow. having those mm-hmm. kinds of conversations with the people who are in my tribe, you know, they're like, you know what? Like, let's do it. This is how I, I lead. I lead by, by, you know, the servant leadership mentality. I'm here to help you. I'm here to help remove whatever obstacles are in your way. And the biggest obstacle right now about mental health is the fact that no one wants to talk about it. No one wants to be vulnerable enough or open enough to say, I'm struggling, right? We want to see every picture of me on Instagram is smiling. And no, there are days that are very tough. There are days that I can't get out of bed. There are days that no matter how amazing my life is, um, that I am still sad. And so we talked about this a little bit before the show. Um, my motivation is hearing from people every day from social media platforms, my yeah. LinkedIn network, friends and family. And yeah. people are just, you know, they're opening up and they're like, hey, here's what's happening in my life. And I'm not a counselor or a therapist. Luckily, my business partner, Dr. Stacia Alexander, <laughs> yes. um, she provides that kind of mm. that grounding from a, a, a clinical perspective. Um, but the motivation is to show people that there are so many resources available that weren't available to my parents, Mm -hmm. um, that weren't available to me when I was growing up. And so we just want to be a conduit of um, how do we get to, you know, we had someone on the show last year that does equine therapy. Like, Yes. You know, like no matter how stressed out you are in the presence of a horse. <laughs> no, some people don't know what that is. I oh, certainly. Horse therapy. It's horse okay. Therapy. Yeah. Therapy. Thank you for that. Yeah. And so yeah. there's so many ways to handle, uh, you know, the stresses that the world is oh, throwing nice. at us. Yeah. Uh, yoga. There's, you know, there's an mm-hmm. organization from a young lady in California and she focuses on, on uh, veterans and Healing through so PTSD uh, with yoga and meditation and help, you know, so there's just so many more resources available. There are. But Sherry, is there, say, one or two things that people should consider? Is there a question we can ask? Is there a mm. question we can ask ourselves? Because you I've known you for a while and to say that you've come to the realization or you got the diagnosis of PTSD I'm, I'm frankly, I'm surprised Mm -hmm. because you've been ingrained in the mental health field and in helping people. Is there something that we could ask ourselves or something that we can ask a loved one who we think they might be impacted Uh, by mental illness? Yeah. So I want to first normalize the conversation. Right. And so even if a person is not diagnosed, um, if they don't show signs, we are all struggling. Right. And so that's a blessing and a curse. The blessing is that every interaction that we have with people, whether it's a loved one, whether it's a stranger, um, we really, for the first time in any of our lives, are all struggling at some level. Right. So it's you know, my my feedback is, is always, what can we do to change ourselves? Because yeah. that then is a ripple effect. And the people that see us will go, oh, my gosh, every time I see her, she is 
you know, she's still graceful and she's still thoughtful. Now I have to have conversations and I have an accountability group um, that we have. It's it's we have a mm, question that. that we ask. And the, and the question is, how are you really? Because we do this like conversationally. Uh, how are you? And you're like, oh, I'm oh, fine. fine. How are you? I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. And rainbows and cupcakes. <laughs> um, and, you know, sometimes you just got to take a, a second and stop mm-hmm. and you're like, OK, yeah. but how are you really? And you will notice that a person's body language yeah. will like just kind of. Ugh. They can really talk about it. Take down the guard yeah. and all of the stuff. Yeah, you and got the face and the up. mask. Yeah. 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 And oh. so that's just, that's very, it's very simple. Just like kind of, <laughs> how are you really? Mm-hmm. And then listen. And so what we like to do is converse. We want to have a conversation. And it's not about that. Sometimes it's like, just ask and listen. Yes. You don't have to solve. You yes. don't have to come up with a solution. You don't have to offer. It Most to people to, feel they do. We feel compelled. Yeah. Like we are, you know, we are, we are not God. Um, And if I know specifically how I can pray for you, if I know specifically how I can, you know, you know, if you just feel overwhelmed, maybe I will just offer this or I'll just send you food. Right. You didn't ask for it because you didn't. (laughs) But I will just go, you know what? Dinner's on me tonight. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So that question is probably the the easiest way to just kind of, um, you know, find out. If people are okay, there are so many resources available, like, you know, um, the National Association of Mental Illness. Okay. Uh, They have a list of questions that you can ask, but Mm. but you want to make sure that you don't make it uncomfortable. Yes, because it's very, um, we talked earlier about it being a judgmental type conversation Mm -hmm. is, well, why don't you just get well? Well, why don't you just go do something fun, do something Mm -hmm. that you love or um, you're you have so much to be grateful for. Mm-hmm. Why is it that you're not well? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've got to be very careful with that. And I found out about that, ironically, the first time mm-hmm. when I went to speak to my son's school, um, I guess, d- December of 2019. So this is pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the students, these are sixth, seventh and eighth graders. And I talked about my book and I talked about suicide prevention. And I expected them to not really you know, engage back, though I facilitate conversations, I give them activities to work together. But to hear these children, and this is in Frisco ISD, right? And so to hear the stress that these children are under, just from just school, and this was pre-COVID, so this is just regular middle school. Um, And I remember a young lady sitting, she sat in the front um, of the class, and she said, Ms. Sherry, my parents believe because they grew up in a very poor area that was very overpopulated that I should be happy because we live in Frisco and I have nice things and I have a big mm. room and I have all of these things mm. but I'm and and but I'm not happy and so that means I must be broken and I almost broke oh. into tears in front of these children because yeah. I I did that. I do that still with my well, children. Right? We think, yeah, so we're look, like, comparing to it to something else and oh, saying you no. should be grateful for what yeah. you have. I believe the suicide rate is higher in teens. Absolutely. Than it is anywhere. Yeah. Actually, starting from age eight at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you think about the access to information that our children have, yeah. the fact that they are 100% of screen time for the most part, they're in front of a screen all day. Mm-hmm. So the messages, that same negative messages that we are being inundated with, so are they without that uh, full frontal lobe being processed for them to be able to understand and siphon out what's negative and what's not good for me. It's just a constant onslaught of negativity. Mm-hmm. And then we're giving them more of that as parents and yeah. and teachers and coaches because yeah. we're like, why are you sad? Um, and so the second tip is like, imagine if someone in your family or your loved one was sick, right? If they had, you know, for, you know, have cancer. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't ask a person, why do you have cancer? 
why I, it's an illness and yeah. so you don't expect people with like you know typical diseases or typical diseases that you can see or disabilities that you can see you don't ask them like just get better you have a nice house you should not feel you shouldn't be diabetic right My mental illness is, is a an tangible illness. it's illness. an actual illness mm-hmm. and so i think just that thought process of um you know how are you really right and how can i help because in that, you know, I think you gave us an, an example earlier mm-hmm. and you're like, I wondered like what, what I could have what, done, what I could have done or picked up on. But we can't. Right. Yeah. And it's not it's not something that if someone has made up their mind um, more often than not, there's nothing we can do in that moment. What we can do every day as just a part of our normal day to day is if you don't have the opportunity to receive the answer, don't ask how a person is doing. Really? So from my from my and this is my own personal like experience. Okay. Wow. If you're like, hey Sherry, how how are you doing today? And I you're walking on your way to a meeting and I can tell by your body language that you're oh. I'm not going to tell you how I'm doing because I perceive that you don't even really have time for my answer. So it's now I'm obligated to say, Oh, I'm great, thanks. Yeah. Normally oh, no. it's it's just a habit to it's ask. Habit. How are you doing? It's Absolutely. A habit. You know, and, but for that person who's suffering from mental illness now. Now that's one more reason. Another reason they didn't get that outlet. Mm-hmm. They they saw someone who they loved and possibly trusted, yeah. but they weren't able to share what mm-hmm. was deep in their heart and what was burdening them so much. Yeah, oh and it's gosh. and it's but it's it's a lot, and it's I don't want it to be a negative thing. It's just one of those small changes in behavior yeah. that we can do every day. Um, just as, as humans, right? To yes. just go, if I ask you how you are, I want to have the time to receive that. And it may take 10 minutes and it might take 20 minutes. Um, I've got to be open and available because maybe then the conversation changes, right? So oh, we have got to change our small talk language. I would love, and this is intentional talk, right? So I <laughs> would love for us to find another way to have small talk and that how are you mm-hmm. realize the weight and the magnitude of those words. Yeah, They really then, are heavy. Wow. Yeah, when you think wow. about it, then I feel like I've got to determine, can I really tell Taylor? Can you really? Can I really tell you in the seven seconds that you've given me to? I can't. And so, um, so yeah, just being cognizant of uh, what we're asking. And when we ask, be in an environment where we can receive the response, because then the conversation gets deeper, it becomes more transparent. um, And then maybe, and and then it's just like, well, how can I help? Right? And, or here's what I can do to help. Yeah. One thing I've uh, experienced um, when it comes to children is that I volunteer for um, the Frisco Detention Center and before COVID. And we actually were trying to walk into the COVID issue, but they shut it down. But I'll tell you that when you do meet one-on-one with the teenagers you're assigned and just allow them to talk about what's going on in their household and not be a you know, not be judgmental about it, but let them know that you are a friend. It's amazing what it'll do for them. So yeah, that lack of judgment, and we don't know that yes. we're doing it, right? Yeah. It just, we, don't we don't know. know. We, we want know. we're we're, in, we're doing it in the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's very good. Like having that one-on-one conversation, and not the and it's a phone call. It's not necessarily a direct message on Instagram. Oh yeah. Um, you know, it's it's a good time to talk about talking to people. Actually, yes. having a phone call or a face conversation and being present yeah. I think that is so underrated as we say be present but yeah. that looks a lot different yeah. being present and available to receive an answer mm-hmm. yeah. than to simply hey how you doing yeah and oh good to see you I, I say well, that all the time I, I have to you know take full responsibility for my do. quickness and mm-hmm. not having that time to really 
take it in and be present. And I think we all know people who are good at being present. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, for example, Sherry, the times that I've needed to say something to you and you're like, let's just take the time. Mm -hmm. I'm right here. And I'm like, where does she get that? (laughs) Where does she get that? And you're, I I truly believe you because you're like, I'm not going anywhere. I am here. You don't see my phones around me. You don't see me looking at screens. I'm right here. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, this is a safe place. So you are definitely in the right field. You You are doing Uh, the right thing. Thank you so much. It's, It's easier when you realize, when you can just stop and have those conversations with yourself. Like, do I have time to engage? And when you do, do it right like you're like i got yeah. 10 extra minutes yeah. i'm gonna walk by and just check on yeah lisa kang you know yeah. and, like, <laughs> and just see how she's doing so you know a question for the audience would be since covid how many of your close friends that you've known for years have you literally picked up the phone uh, scheduling enough time 30 minutes or an hour knowing that if you get that special person on the line that you really want to know how are you doing how's covid how are you transitioning through this covid thing how can i help i have done that every month and will continue to do that and it's just amazing i love it and it, love it. it not only warms your soul but they're surprised and they're more, they're feeling more loved by it. So yes. I have a list of people that I try to follow up with and yeah. I just kind of mark them off and I'm like, okay, have I touched base with that individual in the yeah. past 90 days mm-hmm. or so? And if I haven't, I'm like, okay, it's time to reach out. Another friend of mine said the birthday check-in is good, but you check in a month after their birthday. Mm. So you might say happy birthday, yeah. but then a yeah. month later, after all of the <laughs> gifts and the cake, yeah. <laughs> and the flowers are gone, you know, checking in with that individual because yeah. it's telling when you go back and you look at your cell phone and you look at when is the last time that I communicated That's with or texted that exactly. person. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's been a while. It's been too long. Yeah. Well, and really quickly, I want to add it. I know we're running out of time, but I do want to add this final tip. Uh, we're busy. So back to the point I made earlier, we're teaching our children and we've got, you know, whatever. It doesn't always have to be a half hour dedicated. You know, um, I will text. I am thankful for you. Like I will just it's one text. Yeah. Right? Yes. Or I'm grateful to have you in my life. And there you I go. love you. Right. Yeah. Just yes. I don't want anything. I don't need anything. You don't have to call me back. I just want to let you know I love you. And so that's quicker. Right. Mm-hmm. That's something that I can do very quickly mm-hmm. to let people know that they're on my mind. They're on my heart. I don't have time to engage in a conversation, very but nice. I want to let you know that I love you. Yeah. So, oh, that's so nice. Can I you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's important. <laughs> so we have to have that commitment and accountability partners is mm-hmm. something you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we can all hold one another accountable for being present mm-hmm. and taking that time Absolutely. to ask those <laughs> questions. This has been really helpful. Yeah. And it's got Lisa Kay in tears. <laughs> and pretty much me good too. tears. They're good tears. It's very timely because these conversations about mental illness, about how we can step in, stand in the gap for someone who mm-hmm. may be in need is so important. I know you're a woman of faith. Yes. Can you tell us briefly what faith means to you or how your faith plays a role in the work that you Absolutely. do every day? Absolutely. I, I, I want to stress that that question resonates with me so deeply because I'm not working. Um, I'm living in my purpose and I have never felt as rewarded And I've had some amazing salaried positions and jobs and titles. There is nothing like waking up in the morning knowing that you are doing God's work. Yeah. There is. Amen. There is. 
it just changes. So your faith is your faith looks like gratitude. My faith is I, I woke up today. So that means at least one person will be touched by something that I say. And so I, it flips. Like, so oh, faith wow. for me is living on purpose. It's no apologies. There's no wondering, why am I here? I know God has proven to me that this is the work that he's created for me to do. So even when I look back in my therapy sessions on the trauma that I've experienced, I had to go through that in order to be able to appreciate the peace that I have in my spirit today. Mm-hmm. So faith looks like trusting God in every single thing that happens in my life, whether it's the fact that I'm single, right? Like, I'm like, wait, God, are you ready? I'm ready. You can send him to me. And he's like, you're a little busy right now, right? So faith looks like understanding God's promise and, you know, imagining that he knows what he's doing. Absolutely. And that exactly where I am is exactly where I'm supposed to be. It changes your outlook. Even when things are falling apart and everything looks terrible, I know that I'm living in my purpose. And so my faith will get me through the dark days and the tough days and the days when I can't put on makeup or clothes, right? (laughs) Um, The faith keeps me focused on um, helping others because someone needs to hear how I made it through that one day, right? Or that one week or that one year. So, yeah. Yeah. It's your story. It's to share. And it's bright. That's (laughs) your story. And it's my story to share. That's Mm -hmm. important. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for joining us today for Intentional Talk with Lisa Kay and Taylor. And thank you to our lovely guest, Sharon James, PMP. (laughs) (laughs) This has been a great conversation and one that we needed to have. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. TV with TLC.